Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. If you're interested in more information about our church, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church. Well, we're going to be in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter number one. And if you're uh, just joining with us, uh, we have uh, started this journey here, uh, going through the book of Philippians, and um, one of the things that we've been looking at here uh, most recent is this idea of what God calls for us to do as the, the prayer that Paul has been praying for uh, this church at Philippi is that we would abound in love with knowledge and discernment. And that is a specific prayer that Paul prays, not only for this church, but because it is uh, inspired scripture, uh, this prayer is very applicable for even today as a church that we would pray, uh, as a church that we would be abounding in love with knowledge and discernment. And um, this prayer is very, very powerful. It's, it's, uh, it it packs, a, packs a punch uh, to really think about the things that uh, God desires for his church as believers, that we would abound in love with knowledge and discernment. And uh, we didn't get to really finish up this, uh, this part here in uh, verse number nine. And so we're going to kind of pick up back from where we left off. But the main idea here, the thing that we need to really take away from this is that we should be overflowing in love with knowledge and discernment as by doing that, it is a key, I believe, that if we do that within a church, if we overflow in our love with knowledge and discernment, it is a key to having joyful fellowship and unity within the body of Christ Uh, because we're focusing on the fact of loving one another and we're focusing on using knowledge and discernment. And uh, so let's just kind of briefly recap, just kind of catch us back up to speed here. Uh, First thing that we looked at here was about allowing your love to continue to grow. Um, Paul's prayer was the fact that they would grow with balance, that they would have both love with knowledge and discernment, not just love, but they had to have knowledge and discernment coupled with that love. There had to be a balance there. And I think we see this happen more and more so uh, today where uh, these things go off the rails because somebody is just all about love, but they don't have any knowledge and discernment, and there's no balance there. Uh, And then also the the same is true where people just have knowledge and discernment, but no love. So there has to be a balance uh, with that. And so for there to be continued fellowship and unity within the body of Christ, we should continue to grow in our love with knowledge and discernment. And uh, how, did, how does all that happen? How do we grow in our love with knowledge and discernment? Well, God is the one that makes that happen. Um, he's the one that gives us the increase in that. And so if our love for one another is to increase, God has to make it happen. That love must be balanced though with knowledge and discernment. Uh, here's the second thing that we looked at, love with knowledge 
Love must be governed by knowledge and discernment. And we looked at this first key word there about knowledge. What kind of knowledge was Paul talking about? Was he talking about the kind of knowledge of how to run a vacuum cleaner, how to park a car? Uh, I mean, what kind of knowledge was Paul talking about? He's talking about a very specific kind of knowledge. And so our love should be growing with knowledge. And so the kind of knowledge that he's talking about, it's a knowledge of God and his ways, and in particular, the manner in which he loves sinners like us. How does God love us? Well, we look at the gospel. We see how God loved us. What did God do? Well, he sent his son, Christ, to take our place, bear the wrath of God in our place. And so when we familiarize ourselves with that message of the gospel, we grow in knowledge. And so how do we accomplish what Paul is praying for, uh, for us here? How do we love with knowledge? And so it's to realize that we were utterly undeserving of Christ's love. Worse still, we were unrighteous. We were spiritually bankrupt. Uh, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And it's that knowledge of that that we need to constantly be reminding ourselves of. That the love of Christ was displayed. It was showcased, is what uh, Romans 5.8 says, that uh, we who were in sin, yet Christ died for us. Um, so Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering, we're told, and sacrifice of, to God. And so as we grow in that understanding of the gospel, that knowledge deepens and in turn we can love with knowledge is what Paul is saying here. And so that's the simple reason why I think it's, it's very important that a church never moves away from the message of the gospel. Because when we decide to move away from the message of the gospel, uh, we are moving away from the importance of what uh, God is calling for us to do. And that's to remember uh, and to deepen our knowledge of the gospel. Think of it just like this. Um, uh, we were at a uh, uh, Lake Erie a few weeks ago. And, you know, you look out Lake Erie and the vastness of it. I mean, you can see and it's just going and going, going. And then here's my daughter. She walks up to the shore and she just puts her foot in. And she could say, I'm standing in Lake Erie. But has she really gone deep into Lake Erie? No. And it's kind of the same thing. We can look at the love of God and we can see how the gospel message and what it says. And we can say, I understand the gospel. But yet until we continue to push out further and deeper into that gospel, we really do not know the plummets and the depths of God's love. And so that's why it's important to love with knowledge and have that understanding of the gospel. And so here's where we pick up where we left off here. Here's the second thing. Love with discernment. Love with discernment. Our love should grow with discernment. First of all, what is discernment? What does it mean to be discerning? What does it mean to have discernment? It's a biblical word and God tells us that we need to have love with knowledge, abounding with love, with knowledge and discernment. So it's one thing to be loving. It's one thing to understand the gospel message, but it's a whole entirely different thing than to couple that with discernment. 
This word discernment is a noun that only occurs here in the New Testament in this place in Philippians, but we also find it in one other place, but it's not used as a noun. It's used as a verb. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, it says this, but solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So it's a quality, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quality that we need to develop in our life in order to have discernment. In Philippians 1.9 here, Paul is talking about having biblical love, abounding in biblical love. And biblical love is discerning. It's discriminatory. It makes decisions on what is right and what is wrong, what is truth and what is error. And see, that love is based upon truth. So if we're going to be truthful people, if we're going to stand for truth, then that means that we have to discern what is false. We have to be able to call what it calls sin what it is and call out the falseness of things because that's discerning, that's exercising biblical love. You see, we cannot love properly if we lack discernment. Sadly, in the American church, there is a lack of discernment among American Christians today. Scripture and holding to the Word of God has been thrown out. And in its place, we have placed feelings. In its place, we have put in emotionalism as a substitute for truth. In other words, boy, this just makes me feel good. But it's unbiblical. And yet we cling to the things that make us feel good and we throw out truth. That's what we see a lot of today. We also see it by others who hold to staunch tradition instead of the word of God. Well, let me tell you what, it was, it was good enough for the apostle Paul. And, you know, I'm sure Paul did this and Paul did that and all these traditions and yet we throw out the word of God. So what is discernment? Discernment is the ability to understand, interpret, and apply truth skillfully. Let me read that to you again. Discernment is the ability to understand, interpret, and apply truth skillfully. And so when we're talking about, in this case, biblical love is what Paul is asking us to be abounding in, we must use and exercise discernment. So where does real discernment come from? Well, it comes from the truth of God's word. This is it. This is where you get real discernment. This is what sharpens your senses. This is what gives you knowledge that's not puffed up. This is what helps us be able to determine truth from air. Have you ever wondered why there are so many false teachers and false prophets and false messages in the world? Why does God allow false teachers? Why does God allow false prophets and false truth? Why does he allow that? So that the truth will be evident. And it takes discernment to know what is truth and what is false. 
So if we come, if, if true biblical discernment comes from the truth and the knowledge of the word of God, it is true biblical faith. And so biblical faith, therefore, is rational, it's reasonable, it's intelligent, it makes good sense, it's spiritual truth, is meant to be exercised, it is to be examined, it's supposed to be studied, it's supposed to be analyzed and used as the only, the only reliable basis for making wise judgments. Did you know that the word of God can handle the most intense scrutiny? It can hand. And it stands as truth, no matter what you throw at it. And so as Christians, we need to be very wise and use biblical discernment. And not just say, well, hey, I'm going to accept anything and everything without true biblical discernment. And so that process of, of judging and looking at the word of God and filtering everything through the word of God is what scripture calls discernment. Now what Paul has in mind with this word of the, is the spiritual ability to make difficult moral decisions in the midst of many confusing choices. And so when it's in reference to love here is what Paul says, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, when he's using it in reference to love, He's saying here that you can have love without discernment. And that love, if we exercise love without discernment, that love can be very destructive and dangerous. So what kind of discernment does Paul have in mind here? How are we to love with discernment? Take a look in here how Paul reminds them of the love of God that he had for them in the previous verses. Look what he says here in verse number four, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you, Paul says, because I hold you in my heart for you're all partakers with me of grace, both you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. Paul says, I have love towards you. And it's a biblical love. It's a right kind of love. And he says, it's that same type of love that I want you to have and be showing and exercising and abounding in towards the other people in the body of Christ. And so he prays that this love, the love that he has for them will be the same love that he has for them, and that they will abound yet more and more with all knowledge and discernment. You see, they needed to find discerning ways to exercise love and righteousness. In fact, later on in this letter, Paul will warn them about the ever-present danger of false teachers. Look with me in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 2. He says, look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. These were people of the circumcision party that uh, went and mutilated their flesh so that they would be accepted. And he says, look out for these people. Watch out for them. Have discernment, Paul says. Look at verses 18 and 19 of the same chapter in verse number 3. 
or chapter number three. He says, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Paul says you need to have discernment. You need to exercise discernment even within the body of Christ because there are people that I've told you of now before that now they are become the enemies of the cross of Christ. And he says with tears, I'm telling you this. He says, you need to be careful. Watch out. There's dangerous people even within the body of Christ. And so the Philippians would make themselves easy prey for such teachers if in the interest of being loving, they were not carefully evaluating everything that these teachers were presenting. You know, you think about it. How many voices that we hear today are we using discernment? Are we just accepting it because, well, I gotta love people? We have to use discernment. We're reminded of what Luke said about how the Bereans used discernment. In Acts 17 11, Luke wrote and says, Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. They didn't just accept anything and everything. Even Paul, when he went over there to preach, they examined the scriptures. They said, well, we're going to find out if this is exactly what the scripture does teach. Even if you call yourself an apostle, Paul, we're going to examine it and figure out if what you say is true. And so they used discernment. Paul here is warning them to balance their love with knowledge and discernment. And we should be keenly aware of this danger. You see, the church has too often refused to stand against doctrinal error because someone argued that we must have a loving attitude and just accept another's false doctrine. Shouldn't do that. That's dangerous. Sadly, in this day that we are living in, there is a terrible lack of Bible knowledge and discernment. Somehow love is mistakenly thought to mean being agreeable and tolerant. Nothing could be further from the truth. Paul says you have to have discernment. Doctrine is important because we can never sacrifice truth for peace in the name of false love. Love must not tolerate evil. We must exercise our love with discernment. Not as gushy, gooey feeling. Boy, it just feels so good though. Get the X factor button. You have to have discernment. This is what God commands and Paul stated in this verse. We exercise our love with discernment, not just our emotions. I can't tell you how many times that I have sat with somebody, counseling with them, talking with them. And I sometimes hear this. Well, I just don't feel, I just don't feel like it's working. I just don't feel like that's what I should be doing. Or I feel this, or I feel that. Listen, we never use our emotions as our guiding source of truth. 
Just because it feels good doesn't mean that it's right. We always must go back to the Scripture and allow the Scripture to speak for itself and obey the Scripture. We never put the feelings in the front. We allow the Scripture to speak. And so we exercise our love with discernment. And if we follow God's word, this will enable us to stand in an ever-changing world and not be swept up in emotionalism. Well, that's what we're seeing a lot of today, isn't it? Our culture war that's going on, a lot of emotion, a lot of things. People are so charged with emotion. That makes me feel bad. That makes me feel this. How dare you say that? You hurt my feelings, right? We need not be swept up in that kind of stuff. We stand on the word of God. Ultimately, how can we love with discernment? We must remember that no matter how passionate we feel or how much love we think we might be showing through our feelings, we have not loved someone well if we fail to awaken them to the reality of their condition in which their sin has placed them. If we love someone without speaking the truth to them for fear that it might hurt their feelings or damage your relationship with them or get them in trouble with someone else, we have failed to love them well. Loving with discernment means that we never communicate our affection or support for people in such a way that they feel, that they feel free to continue in their sin. When we endorse people's behavior or minimize its immorality or simply write it off as if everyone is entitled to live as they please, then we are lacking discernment. When we go along with the world and its standards and, 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 and still stay to uh, try to maintain uh, some type of, of relationship and say, well, you know, I'm just going to kind of straddle the fence here. I really don't want to offend anybody, but I really don't want to... Uh. You're lacking discernment. To shower someone with love and affirmation and affection without fulfilling the painful and costly task of pointing out to them the eternal consequences of their sin is not only not loving them, it is loving yourself more than you love them. I think we see this play out more and more with these famous uh, pastors or spiritual leaders that are on TV or get interviewed and they are asked point blanked questions about what they believe about this. And what do they do? They skirt around the issue because they know if they take a biblical stand that more than likely they're going to lose a majority of their congregation. And so they skirt around it because it's not to offend anybody. And just because a Christian wrote a book or has some uh, large ministry or large church does not mean that what they say is biblical. Just because they use the words gospel, Jesus, God, Bible does not mean that they are teaching truth. Sometimes we have this idea that false teachers are the only ones that are teaching wacky stuff. Like, hey, guess what? There's a comet that's going to be coming through here. We're all going to wear Nike tennis shoes and jump on the comet. Doesn't that sound great? How many of you remember that one? How many of you are like, what in the world is that guy talking about? Right? 
Hale-Bopp comet, remember the guy's Nike tennis shoes, and yeah. The leader of the guy, he looked like uh, Captain Picard from a Star Trek, ooh, you know. Just because we see that, that's, a, that's, not, that's, that's like the wacky fringe of it. Jesus, Paul, Peter, John, and others warn of these false teachers who are in the church even now. Jude said that they are, that they are reefs hidden among your love feasts. Paul warns the, uh, the church at Ephesus, he says, I know that after my departure that wolves are going to come in not willing to spare the flock. And he says that they will arise even within yourselves, even among you. And so we have to be very careful. We have to use discernment. Turn with me over to Matthew chapter number 7. Let me show you something that's very, very interesting here. The words that we hear so often today is what they like to quote here with Jesus in uh, Matthew chapter 7 as a Sermon on the Mount here. And they use these words here. Judge not that you be not judged. Right? Judge not. Judge not. Can't judge me. Don't judge what I have to say. Don't judge me. And so if you are critical of anyone's doctrine or personal life, no matter how unbiblical it may be, you are not loving and you are arrogant to judge this person. But sadly, they use Jesus' words here and they rip them right out of context and misapply them. Because if people would just keep reading, look what Jesus goes on to say in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse number 6. Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So how can you determine if someone is a dog or a swine if you don't make discerning judgments? Jesus, say, Jesus is teaching us here you have to have discernment. And he's saying there are people that are dogs and there are people that are swine. And you have to make discerning judgments with all of this. And so it takes a discerning sheep to see that this isn't a fellow sheep whom we need to embrace, but a ravenous wolf we need to avoid. In a few verses later, Jesus warns us about false teachers and false prophets with all of this within its context of saying, you need to be discerning of who's a dog, who's a swine. Don't be casting your pearls before swine. And so biblical love cannot be divorced from its true knowledge of God and from the discernment between, between truth. And so when we look at truth and error, we have to make discerning judgments. And we have to cling to what is true, and we have to abhor what is false. And Paul says in order for your love to abound, he says you must have it abounding with knowledge and discernment. You have to have that discernment. Let's look at a perfect illustration of what it means to exercise discernment in our loving others if you're here right here in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus here is talking about giving us instruction on how to love others, okay? And he tells us here in verse number 6, let me read it to you again. Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So did Jesus just say that? Did Jesus just call people dogs and swine? Yes, he did. 
wait a minute. Jesus, come on. Come on now. You're calling people dogs and swine? Isn't that a little bit of unloving? That's really not like you, Jesus. Come on. That's that. No, 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 no. That can't be true. You see, if we really love these people, we sometimes think we won't be calling them dogs or swine, but that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus here tells us that there are those that are dogs and there are those that are swine and we need to be discerning and not give to them because they'll trample it under the foot and the dogs will come and attack you. You see, Jesus is warning us that there is a danger in becoming wishy-washy in our relationships with others. The words dogs and pigs in this text are not normally what we think of. We don't, when we think of the word pig, sometimes we, our, our, our mind comes back to like Charlotte's Web, you know, that, that cute little pig, you know, we're taking care of the pig. And, or sometimes we think of the word dog and we think of, you know, the, the, the dog that comes and sits on our lap and barks and rolls over and give it a treat and we pet it, right? That's not what Jesus is talking about here. You see, the dogs to which Jesus refers are not these cuddly household pets. In fact, the, what he's talking about here is a wild and savage street hound that carried disease and filth. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, Peter refers to false teachers and portrays them as dogs which return to their vomit. He also describes them as pigs that are washed only to return to wallowing in the mud. And so Jesus has a pretty clear idea of, of people that are false teachers. And he says, don't, you need to be discerning here. And so Jesus is not saying that we should withhold the gospel from these people. But he does recognize that after sustained rejection and reproach, it is appropriate to move on to others. You see, there are those who persistently and viciously are calloused, who delight not in the truth of Scripture, but only in mocking it. And so therefore, the dogs and the pigs are not simply unbelievers, but they are defiant, persistently hateful, and vindictive unbelievers. And remember what the context of what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is talking about loving our enemies, and he says you need to be discerning. You need to exercise discernment in this type of matter. And so whereas we cannot cast our pearls before swine, neither are we to be nasty and vicious and uncaring. But we need to have discernment. So when we look at this prayer here by what Paul is saying to abound in love with knowledge and discernment, what should we be doing? How are we to love this way? Well, we are to do it with knowledge and discernment. God wants us to approve things that are excellent and further be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. And so he's telling us through his letter to the Philippians that our discernment will allow us to exercise our love and approval. And I can't say how important it is for a church in these days that we are living that we have discernment that we don't accept anything and everything, that we caution, we scrutinize, we evaluate, we weigh everything according 
to the word of God. You see, Paul wants us to see through to the center of heart of any matter that is before us and use discernment. Paul is praying that his readers would have the good sense in exercising their God-given logic and reason in the midst of competing issues and concerns to see what is truly important and deserving our priority so that they will be able to make wise spiritual decisions. So here's the question. Have we been exercising discernment? As a church, as a whole, have we been exercising discernment? Are we evaluating everything through the word of God? Are we allowing our love to be unbalanced and accepting false teaching and false teachers because we lack true biblical discernment? I pray, my prayer is the same prayer that Paul prays here for this church that we would abound with love more and more with knowledge and discernment. And I pray that that would be your prayer as well, so that you would be spotless and pure when Christ returns. Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church, or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifewiththeridge.church.